Chris, thanks for uh, for taking the time to talk with me, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. So, uh, yeah, just uh, tell me a little bit uh, about uh, who you are and, uh, and what you do and uh, what, you're, what you're passionate about, and uh, we'll take it from there. Well, I'm a newly 50-year-old guy who just went and got his yearly checkup blood test this morning, and uh, okay. I'm welcome, still... Welcome to the okay. welcome Welcome to the 50s. Why does everybody <laughs> say that? Why does everybody... Is it really that, like... I've turned 30 and 40, you know, and, and nobody ever said anything about welcome to the club. But as soon as I turned 50, which was this past Sunday, um, all of a sudden there's this club I never knew about. Everyone says that. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Now you're here. So I th that's cool. I just never knew that there Exclu was. It's an exclusive club, man. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, I never knew about it. Right? So that that makes it exclusive right there. So. Um, that's, um, yeah, that's like the newest thing for me. That's on the, that's right, right here, man. That's all I think about is how did I become 50? I was, I'm still 16 in my head and I feel like I was 20 something years old last year, last yesterday, you know, and, uh, yeah. And I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so tell, um, tell us a bit about your journey playing guitar and, and, uh, yeah. What brings you, yeah. The, oh, the journey. Oh boy. Um, well, uh, maybe maybe it'd be better to go backwards like what what's what uh what's happening now i mean i i i play and do what i do to make a living i i you know that's how i contribute to the household my wife works as well and she's got a great job she's very good at what she does so together somehow because we always laugh about this because you know we met in high school and stuff like that so here we are as these two kids we still think we're kids in our heads and we definitely act like we are um that you know all of a sudden we're grown up and we have a mortgage and uh and children you know like grown children and stuff like that like kids going off to college and like how we pulled this off um because you know we're still in that sometimes you know thinking we're still in high school driving around and you know doing dumb stuff the kids do i'm in the same boat my wife and i met in high school and now i'm a grandfather <laughs> right. right yeah exactly i'm not quite there but i'm probably not that far away with my oldest being 20s already got a full-time job so um well, i do what i do as it's my living it's always been my living ever since um you know uh, leaving college graduating in uh 95 from william patterson uh i uh i immediately went in well i continued <clears throat> excuse me i continued teaching i already started doing it um, in my last years of school, it kind of fell in my lap, seemed like a logical thing to do. It was definitely better than delivering pizza, which is what I was doing uh, at the time or at the same time as I started doing that. So after college, I just kept expanding on what I had started to build up there in um, what we call North Jersey. Um, and I literally kept those students and uh, started to to find gigs and um, around, you know, back my home uh, area, which is the Jersey Shore, which is where I live now. And uh, so, like I said, you know, what I do now is um, play, but I create stuff. I still play, not as much. That's a whole other conversation um, for two reasons I don't play as much as I used to. Um, well, number one being everything got thrown off a couple of years ago, obviously. But even before that, I had scaled down things um, because uh, my boys were getting older. And I wanted to be around. And I, when my first son was born, and my and when my second son was born, 0204, I was absolutely 100%, you know, like, I, 
busy freelance sort of fly date session guy in and out of New York, you know, live in New Jersey. And uh, it was very busy and it quickly became apparent that there's there's one or, you know, there's there's a way I don't want to do fatherhood and there's a way I do. And I chose to do what I wanted to do. And that was be around. And as they got older, it became even more important because, you know, um, they need you more as as they get older. And, you know, you become the coach of different things, especially things you're incredibly unqualified for including basketball i coached basketball for three seconds and that was uh or, or a couple seasons actually for rec it was terrible i never played basketball and you know, so whatever but anyway the point is um i took down the live playing thing uh down a notch and transformed things into working at home uh more or or at least just not having to travel as much and who knew <laughs> Uh, you know, like 20 years later or whatever, whatever the math is, 15 years later, the world would be in a pandemic. And uh, I was I was set, I was set up, you know, I was already where everybody was trying to scramble to. I was already there and uh, and, and into it for years. So uh, when that happened, it wasn't a, there was no transition for me. Um, you know, there was in many other respects, but for work. I was already totally locked into being a home content creator um, with clients, not just, you know, trying to do it. The, uh, um, you know, the uh, the indie content creator guy, you know, the YouTube guy or, or whatever, the Instagram guy or the self-publishing guy, which is something actually that I'd like to get into more. But anyway, um, so that's that's why I do or how I got into doing what I do, which is, you know, being a true fire artist. Uh, regular contributor to Guitar Player Magazine. Um, so that's primarily what I do. Every once in a while, something comes in to go do um, some live playing. Um, and then, you know, some things like some things have been falling in my lap lately. Uh, coming in, like Future Fret. We can, you know, we should chat about that for a second when uh, that becomes a yeah. a good idea. You know, that's a thing that's that's um, developing and stuff like that. It's my partnership with Vernon Reed. So it's always a bunch of things. Because the only way to make money, or that I've seen for me, is multiple streams of income. And there's been multiple streams that have come and gone. So that's so, that's so, uh, so when you say play, you're talking about doing doing live gigs and session musician, or when when you say play versus teach, it, you're kind of making the distinction between being a active member of a of a, of a band and you know performing live and that kind of thing versus the content creation kind of stuff you're doing now. Is that... Uh, yeah, it's like all of the above. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's everything. If, um, uh, so let's say I was at, um, the baseball field, my youngest played baseball quite a bit. And, uh, you know, any baseball parents know this, there's lots of downtime and you sit and you get to know all the parents over the years and stuff, because there's just so much, especially when they're little, and, uh, you know, the inevitable question always comes up. What do you do for a living? You know, hey, uh, what do you do? What do you do? And I cringe at that question because <laughs> um, it's not a simple answer. I mean, it could be, right. but then it automatically turns yeah. into um, uh, you know, some, some, some normal, acceptable, predictable questions. First one is always, you in a band? And then right. when you say no... So you get different, you get like one, you get a couple reactions. One is the face. 
And usually the face is, I don't get it. You know, what do you mean you're not in a band? Like you said, this is what you do for a living. How do you, how are you not in a band? Cause they can't, you know, and, and understandably people have no conception of what, you know, that there's these ways to make money as an artist, as a musician without being in a band. Um, they can't even begin to, to imagine the many ways that you can make money. So, you know, yeah, I try to, um, I try to avoid that question. Um, but when it comes up, you know, I, I usually say, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance musician, which, you know, definitely sparks its own conversation and this and that. And <laughs> depending on, you know, who I'm talking to and, and, uh, and if my son's up or not, you know, and stuff like that is how, how, how far down the rabbit hole <laughs> I will uh, get into that question. So in the diversity of, uh, of things that you're doing right now, can, can you kind of give us an idea of like, what what pays the bills? Is it really just a, a combination of all these things, kind of combination of all these things together? Well, or? the primary focus is to make sure that you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm I have a job, and and or jobs to make sure that bills get paid. That's the primary focus. And um, some people take statement like that in different ways. You know, coming from somebody who's an artist, you know, who who who, mm-hmm. who plays the guitar for a living, because they some people take it as um, well. You're in it. You're in it just for the money. Uh, well, first of all, no, um, I, I got into playing music and playing the guitar because I was a kid and my older brother did it and I thought it was really cool. And then once I started doing it, I really liked it and, uh, I became instantly obsessed with it and I have been ever since. That's primarily why I do it because trust me, when I don't want to do something, I don't do it. Um, especially now being a crotchety old 50 year old, uh, I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. Um, and now I'm, you know, I've gotten better at saying no, I, you know, and uh, partly because I can a little bit these days, but also I just learned to say no um, because that's, you know, I didn't. I used to say yes to everything, regardless of how smart or stupid I was. I would say yes to everything. And, uh, you know, I've won too many times. I was like, oh, man, why did I say yes to this? I didn't want to do this. <laughs> so um, the primary focus is to just keep the train going. And um, part of that is, like, I think I just named about four or five things before um, that I'm doing, you know, uh, the yeah. True Fire thing, um, the, the the guitar player thing. Those those are those have been constants for the last couple. Well, True Fire has been constant for a long time. But the big things right now that they're like, you know, always in my face in a good way is True Fire and guitar player. Um, then the Hal Leonard thing, uh, the the the, uh, the video thing for guitar instructor comes and goes. And, uh, and, you know, and, and my Skype lesson Monday, Wednesday, like I've been doing Monday and Wednesday for longer than I can remember. That doesn't mean I'm not looking for other stuff. I'm always looking for other stuff. I'm always looking for other opportunities. I'm always open to discuss other opportunities. And as you know, it's not that easy for, for, for me to coordinate all that, but I'm always listening and watching for other opportunities, such as the thing with future fret, when that came about, um, you know, it, it was something that we talked about for a long time. Vernon and I talked about for a long time. And then it came to life thanks to a booking agent who decided to invest in it, you know, a promoter um, who decided to invest in it. So how long that's going to last? I don't know. How long anything's going to last? I don't know. Um, I just roll with them as long as they exist. Some of them go a long time. Like True Fire has been going on since 2008. For me, True Fire has been going on long before me. But for me, it's been going on since 2008. Um, it looks like it's going to keep going for the foreseeable future. That's for sure. And I'm happy to do that. Uh, but when it comes to an end, if and when it does, 
um, then, okay, I will definitely, as long as I'm still doing this pace and doing the things the way I, I do it, there will be other stuff that are happening or about to happen because that's just what I do. And, and because I have to, you can't rely on one thing or two things or three things. You can't rely on whatever you got going on right in front of you because you have no idea when they're going to end. That's part of being an independent contractor, not even just an artist, just being someone who works on their own, has their own business. You have no idea what's around the corner and there's no security. So you have to constantly be looking ahead. Um, and that's uh, that one. I don't know if I figured it out early on. I just always did things that way. And it's it's uh, it's paid off. Sometimes it can come back and bite you um, because sometimes you got too much on your plate. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, you spread yourself too thin. And uh, or maybe, I don't know, those two things, yeah, that, that they'll, they'll get you in trouble. Uh, but that's just part of it. You have to be able to brave through that because I wouldn't want to do it the other way where I got one or two things going on and one of those things just tanked or both. And then what? You're done. Mm -hmm. You know, then you're like immediately in the red zone and you're you're applying for jobs at Target or your your local landscaper. And that's I've never had to do that. Not once. Not once. So so within the uh, di portfolio diversity of things that you're that you're working on, kind of, you know, everything kind of falls, seems to fall under for the most part, this like sharing your knowledge. Right. And, and, and you know, whether it's a instruction or creating content. It's really, you know, in this kind of instructional wheelhouse. Um, so can you drill down into into what each one of these, for anybody that might not be familiar with a true fire or, you know, the, the different things that you're doing? Okay. Um, uh, let me try to unpack that. That's a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So, <laughs> well, Monday and Wednesday, like I said, I teach privately. Uh, and luckily, after all this time doing that, people seek me out. And they know what they want. Because, I, you know, back when I started teaching, like I was saying back in college, that was just whatever. Whoever walked through the door, which was mostly people that were beginners, kids and stuff like that. And it was like that for a long time. You know, you teach them what you can or kind of what they it, it's it's like it's the Wild West. And um, if you're doing that and you're in that that mode and that stage of your your thing, I could one piece of advice I could give you among many is um, start to develop your own curriculum. And uh, it, if you if you actually listen to yourself and pay attention to what you're doing, it'll kind of develop itself because if you're teaching a lot, you're going to have a lot of time for trial and error. So pay attention to what works and what doesn't work. Start cataloging it and start developing your own curriculum. And, and that makes things run much smoother. Um, so with my own students, they they know what they're looking for because they know what I do. So they're looking to to tap into that. And, um, you know, I have some very specific things that are that are on my website, something called the seven tone program. And it has its own um, or it has related programs to it. But there's the main thing, which everybody does first. So some people like half my students are, are seven tone people, whether they're doing the actual diatonic one or the 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 um, let's call them the graduate level programs of that. Um but everybody is there for for a pretty for a very specific reason, you know. And it's adults. It's a lot of people who are already working musicians, and uh, they're looking to um, up the playing skills, up their educational skills too. Because I've been doing that a long time. Um, yeah, geez, yeah. I mean, since the '90s, since the mid '90s, and stuff like that. So some people just want to tap into 
all the process that go into things like TrueFire, you know, or, or writing articles. So um, TrueFire, for anybody who, anyone who doesn't know, um, the best way I describe that is it is a, a, a multimedia guitar education monster. Uh, they've been around, uh, I think, since the mid-90s. They started out as a phone service, meaning you can call in and listen to lessons. And uh, I remember seeing it was called Notes on Call. And they would be, if you look in guitar player magazines um, in around that time in the, in the, in the mid-90s, you would call that number. So if there was a lesson article in there and it, in the lower corner of the page, it would say notes on call and you call that number and maybe there's an extension or whatever code for that specific lesson. So that they recorded those lessons. Sometimes it was the writer, sometimes it wasn't. And then, you know, I mean, came the internet and, and all that stuff and they transformed into that. And they also started producing courses, you know, in, in came, you know, discs that you can stick into computers and stuff like that. And they always went right along with, um, uh, whatever technology had to offer. And so they, and they still do, they just morph their content creation into whatever we are regularly using every day. And uh, they've created products um, ever since, and it's great. Uh, and I got in in 08. It was right after I left Berkeley. I was at Berkeley from 03 to 08, um, which was great. It was fantastic it was an honor to teach there and stuff but you know it's just i wanted to move on and uh i also wanted to leave massachusetts i did i you know just you know nothing against massachusetts i just i'm more of a coastal guy and i just wanted to be closer to new york and, and closer to the ocean so um i cold called true fire and back then uh you i got lucky because things weren't as hectic and big as they are now the president of the company called, i answered the phone and uh i introduced myself and he's he said i know who you are from your work with guitar one magazine because i used to do the cd roms that came with that so like you know moving on from that phone call thing um guitar one not that they ever did that but guitar one and guitar world eventually started including cd roms with their um uh with their um uh their issues their monthly issues and uh, for for Guitar One, they wanted someone, or they, they had someone, or several people, and eventually became me, that would play all the um, lesson articles, content. So I would play every lick in every lesson article. And that's how we knew my work. Um, you know, which is I, I, I kind of funny, because those those shots were here. You never saw my face. All you saw was that medium shot. It's what we call a medium shot of uh, of my hands and just playing stuff like that. But, but anyway, you knew I was. So your your hands were famous. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so um, we uh, you know we we just got to talking immediately and um, about what we could do together, and uh, we've been working together ever since. On oh god, we've done so many things together. Like not just me and Brad, but me and Brad for sure. Uh, but uh, just myself and Truefire have done so many things together. Like I have 44 courses with them. I've done many side projects with them. I've been lucky enough to be part of a group of artists or Truefire artists or just myself that have done things, you know, like introduce things, like the whole idea of them, uh, the whole idea of series. I was there when that started. Series of courses, like the Licks You Must Know series and uh, 
and the, the part of the Guitar Lab series. And, and I have my own series called the Guitar Gym series and uh, stuff like that. So we've done so many different things. Like I was part of the first batch of In the Jams and, and um, oh man, uh, the song lessons that we're doing now. I, uh, now that's a thing we've transformed into. Like I said, True Fire has always looked ahead. Kind of like, you know, exactly what I was explaining before, but then in their own way, they always have looked ahead. So Teach and Skype, True Fire, the big ones. That's the stuff that has income coming in every month, um, whether it's, you know, tuition fees for the students uh, or um, royalties from all the courses and then, you know, payments from whatever other jobs and stuff like that through True Fire. That's the, that's the stuff that we know is coming in every month. Um, guitar player and writing for magazines, for a short time, that was monthly. The only time it was ever monthly for me is when I was writing for Guitar One. In addition to those CD-ROMs, I was also writing articles. And, you know, thankfully they used me every month. You know, that's called a regular contributor. Um, and I was that for two years. That was the only time that magazine work was ever consistent. And it was great. And then the magazine, you know, got shut down by uh, by the publisher and stuff. And, you know, that's that you never know. Literally, that one, you did not see that coming. And it's happened a couple of times over the years, you know, where magazines have just run their course. You know, I've written for a few that are gone. So guitar player, I'm, I'm in there about half the year, you know. But since since the pandemic, that's... That's much different. That really hit that industry pretty hard, and that has not bounced back since. Um, but the work is still there. The work is uh, definitely still there. I got some fun projects uh, for this year and next year. I'm usually booked a year or two ahead with them. Um, so in addition to those things, um, there's the stuff that comes up. Like Future Fret came up, you know, and, and you know, Future Fret is a is a common is a is a collaboration between um, uh, Vernon and myself where. It's, it's his idea, and he took me in on it. Uh, he wanted to create an environment where there's a conversation between modern guitar players and modern guitar gear technology. And and everything that goes along with being a modern guitar player in that realm, including not just using the stuff, but uh, having a voice between you and the manufacturers, which we're trying to do with events, to not you know, just learn how to better use the stuff, but even to say, you know, to to have your ideas be heard, have your complaints be heard. Um, and also, he takes it a, a couple steps deeper into things, too. Like the modern guitar player and modern gear, it's all great. Modern guitar player's got a lot of challenges. Um, less places to play. Social media and the pressure that comes with it. Um, you know, and, and, and God, and all the people chiming in and telling you how great or mostly telling you how you're not great and stuff like that. So... We're still fleshing out exactly how to present that, but we did our first event uh, in May, and uh, it was great. You know, we, we did a panel, we did master classes as part of this trade show that happened in uh, New Jersey in Asbury Park, and um, we had uh, we did a performance. You know, with all five of us, we had three other artists with us that were part of our panel. We had uh, David Torn, Avi Bortnick, and uh, Osnoy, and um, it was you know it was fantastic. But that's one of those things that. Obviously, it's not a constant. It might become one. We're working. I'm working on it to be uh, that. So is Vernon. We all are. So maybe that's going to become one of those 
things that becomes like, you know, my true fire and my, my, uh, Skype lesson thing where it's an ongoing thing. I, I don't know. I'm developing it. It might be something that happens once a year. I, I don't know. I we'll see, but they're, they're all different. There could be things that'll, that are hap that will happen. That will absolutely just happen once. Um, I'm trying to think something, uh, recently. Well, I got a gig next month with a fantastic singer. Her name is Leon Holmes. Uh, Last year we did this gig, and now we're going to do it again this year. Literally, it happens. Well, it's going to happen twice, but it's a yearly thing. Um, it's you know, it's me and her guitar, vocals, kind of like a Tuck and Patty type of thing. Um, I nicknamed it Jazz Not Jazz because you know we're we both are kind of playing standards, but we both do not consider ourselves jazz musicians. Uh, but there it is. It's once. It's a nice performance. It's 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 a uh, it's a thing. It's a part of a, a series that happens in Freehold, New Jersey. And we're one of the acts, you know, they, 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 they book it, they post it as a, as a series. You'll see us on there. I forgot what the date is, July something and stuff, but that's just once and that's it. And if it happens again next year, I don't know. I have no idea. I was surprised it happened again this year. You know, I, I didn't know that was going to happen. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's fly by the seat of your pants all the time, but not really, you know, of course you want to grab onto some stuff like, what I was saying about private lessons in True Fire, which, by the way, in the beginning of True Fire, I, Brad was he had the vision and I've learned a lot from him in many respects, including that one. He had the vision. I thought, OK, uh, this is great. I'm going to do one or two courses and then I don't know what else I got to talk about. You know, 44 later, you know, we're still coming up with uh, stuff and and uh, yeah, I, I, I had no idea that it would that it would last this long. You know, it's been the longest gig I've ever had uh, besides being alive and being a parent. <laughs> that's, that's about it. True Fire is like the third longest thing I've ever done. Oh, no, I've been married longer. So, uh, you know, that, there you go. So um, so what are some of the projects that, that you've worked on? Any projects that you've done for True Fire that you, that you really, you know? That's a, oh, man, that's a, yeah, that, uh, yes, there's a lot of True Fire things that I did that I really like. So recently, True Fire got into the business of doing full song lesson videos, which is something that people have been asking, you know, since I've been there longer than I've been there. And the reason why they never did it and that they, they can do it now is because they got the licensing. Um, and that's that's just the way of the world. So now they have the licensing to do it. And uh, in in true fire fashion, like I was saying before, they're always trying to find a way to use, to get the most out of whatever's available to them, you know, today. So they want to, and also we talked about this. I was in on those talks in the beginning about, you know, if we're going to do this, how do we do this? Um, well, and, and I'm proud that we're doing this because, you know, to answer the question that you asked, um, because we are doing it different. The world did not need somebody else teaching someone how to play running with the devil again. But what the world could use is a way to present that lesson. You know, of course, make the lesson the best it can be. Like I transcribed that song. I'm a decent transcriber. I've been doing it a long time. It has been something that has brought in income also. It's also how I got myself into guitar magazine writing in, in, in itself. But um, so I do that the very best I can. Um, I have I play those songs from start to finish. Every part. Every single part. Now, Van Halen stuff, there's usually just one or two parts. Um, but, you know, for instance, I'm doing Roundabout also in this next shoot. That has, I've, I've had to organize it into nine parts. 
but I will play every single one of them. And you'll see those parts in video. And the way we do it now is we stick it into this player that was developed during the In The Jam um, phase, where you, it's almost like a video mixer. It, it's like a digital TV control, like for, for TV production, where you can come into, you can see anything you want. So you can roll the roundabout lesson, play it, and you can drop in on any part that I'm playing at any time. And there's a chart for it, you know, and all that stuff. And then there's the breakdowns, you know, and you can you can have commentary going on. I think they're doing it that way because they did that in the end of the jam. But anyway, the point is that part of it is what makes it different than just getting a really good transcription or just getting a really good lesson video. And maybe transcription comes with it. It's interactive, so to speak. It's 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 multifaceted. And, um, you know, and also they they shoot. You've seen the stuff that they the, their video quality is 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 um is great you know it looks great it sounds great and all that stuff so i've been in on that since the very beginning which has only been going on since last year um but i've i've recorded several tunes for them and um it's a challenge i like it i like doing the work the transcribing the prep the shoot um it's come it's it I like doing the work because it's exciting. It's always new. That's a big thing for me. That's a big reason. That's, that's one reason also why I left Berkeley or anything. Sometimes things come to an end because I'm done. So uh, the song lesson thing is, is very exciting. It's a fun new chapter. But at the same time, I still like doing courses. Um, the first one, Funk Vision, will always hold a special place. Um, the early ones were a lot of fun. They're very different than the later ones. The early ones were kind of like very wide open. Um, and you can really go in depth. They don't like to do that anymore because, you know, we found that people tend to like smaller, shorter, more concise, um, packages. So I enjoy them, but sometimes they were, oof, you know, the work was intense, but like anybody will tell you, you know, or whatever that old saying is, you know, it's not work to be enjoyed or something like that. I don't know. If you love what you do, it's never work. Is that it? Um, that's something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, that's you're, totally true. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, something like that. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yes, and that's that's absolutely true. As scary as it is to yeah. do this for a living, I couldn't imagine, and I haven't really, I had never had to imagine doing anything else. So, what what is your advice though for somebody that that wants to do that, married or not? You know, that that might want to. Uh, since your your wheelhouse is kind of all in the the instructional and, and knowledge sharing and, and teaching, uh, if somebody wanted, you know, felt like their skills were, were developed and developing enough that they saw themselves doing that, do you have any advice for them to, you know, to pursue that that path? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, what I was saying before on the teaching tip about developing your own curriculum in a way where you just listen to yourself. Uh, or if you write something out for a student, don't just give it away without keeping a copy. Um, you know, ju don't just freely give things out without cataloging it, without paying attention to the data that you're literally creating. I'm not saying all of it's going to be the gold, but some of it will be, and you'll get better and better at it. And next thing you know, you have this thing. You've, you got your method. And that's that right there is a very important concept to to realize and to accept just because you are explaining something that a hundred other instructors are explaining at the same time on the Internet, down the road at the other music store. How you explain it is your product. There is only one pentatonic scale. 
There is only, you know, one uh, Hell's Bells, you know, but how we present those subjects is is our product. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us have. That's our value right there. So you could totally connect with one person uh, or many people, um, whereas somebody else connects with their people. And fine, you're both building your audiences uh, and you could totally do that together or separately. People don't have to go to one source. They can go to multiple sources. But definitely the one thing not to be discouraged by or think that 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 doesn't exist is there's a place for you. There totally is. It's just a matter of you developing that thing and creating your own place. So as soon as you realize that, you can start to see how you can um, you can do it. You, you can make it happen. As for expanding it and just not being a guitar teacher, um, oh man, there's so many different ways now. I mean, if you were asking me this pre-internet, uh, it would be a, probably a shorter or simpler answer. But now it's like, I don't even have to explain it. I mean, obviously there's, it's right there in front of us. There's so many different ways. I mean, it's overwhelming, you know, how much is coming at us with people doing their own courses. And it's not just guitar players. Everybody's making their own courses. Everybody is doing um, um, content creation on their own and taking it to Skillshare and, and, uh, and you know, and starting Kajabi sites and, and all. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's very good. It's very empowering. Um, it's, it's very cool to see people doing this independent thing that I've been doing for a long time. Um, and now everybody's getting into it and, you know, to lesser and greater degrees of success, it all comes down to the same thing. You know, you're creating your, your thing. And like Brad just recently from, uh, True Fire just recently turned me on to the idea of a funnel. You know, you're creating your funnel and, um, that takes people and they, you know, you put them into that funnel and eventually get them to that place. Um, but part of that journey in their funnel is, is, is got to be multifaceted and have, you know, you have to provide lots of things and different things to offer because you can't just come at people, you know, at the top of that funnel or and zero in on somebody and go, Hey, I'm Chris, I got something you want to buy it. You know, and, and it just doesn't work like that because first of all, everything is for free now. And, uh, you have to, you have to really culture and create your audience to to be interested in, in you enough that they want to see the phrase now is they want to support you. It's almost as if that we're trying to get people to, you know, be interested and like us enough that they'll give us money. It's it, the concept of buying something is not the same as it used to be when it comes to something that I do. Like I create things that are not needed. Like, yeah, music, everybody, we love it. We need it in our lives, but we don't need it to live. And again, I know, yes, we do. You know, I can't live without music, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not making burgers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making aspirin. You know, I, I'm, I'm disposable income, period. You know, so are you, you know, we're, we are disposable income. So, you know, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta convince people that a, they are interested enough to buy it. And, and it's not, it's not even a thing where they're buying something. It just seems more like, I want I want to support this artist so they keep doing this because I like it. So uh, on that note, uh, if somebody wants to find out more more about you and what's the best way to connect with you? There is a chrisbono.com. There has been for, for quite a long time, um, which is where the beginning of what I just said is going to happen. That's going to become a very different thing uh, this year. But it'll always be there. So that's there. The website's there. And, and the True Fire course, everything is there. It's just going to be done in a better way. Um, Facebook, Instagram, I'm there. And oh, yes, there is a YouTube channel. And that's also part of the uh, 
next chapter is the website, YouTube channel is going to become something completely different. Those four ways are ways you can find me. Oh, I do have a bands in town, uh, which is a great platform for, for getting the word out on gigs and, and communicating with fans that want to just come see live stuff and this and that. Um, so there's that. So those, those things are, are uh, how you can find me. Cool. Well, I'll make sure to put uh, all the links to, to that uh, in, the, in the comments. Uh, and uh, man, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time to, to talk with me, man. It's uh, good to good to learn a little bit more about you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, man. And hey, thank you so much for all the fun picks <laughs> because <laughs> these things are great. They've changed. Um, they've changed things for for the better. I uh, I'm pretty picky about picks. Uh, I could probably count on, I can count on one hand how many times I've switched over. And uh, so that's a big deal for me when I start playing other picks and stuff like that. And so I've found that I can play things with um, these picks, especially the battle act stuff that uh, I didn't know I could, you know, and uh, it's been great. And I use them, you know, I use different gauges and different, um, different types uh, for different things. And uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. You know, they've been doing a lot of true fire work lately and, and this and that. So. Uh, so, yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care.